Dirt, a Go Loud original. Welcome to Dirt with Dermot and Paul. Dirt is a Go Loud original podcast. Woo-hoo, get you. That, yeah, we've done it. <laughs> <laughs> it's Christmas. Um, it's our podcast, but it's our Christmas special. Uh, we have been podcasting since, what, middle of this summer? And yeah, we've back. had a, we've, we've met about 20 programs to date. They're all available on Go Loud. And the idea behind Dirt is that we want to make gardening fun, demystify it, but also talk about some of the serious topics that we should be discussing a bit of quality in gardening and gardening with a view of our complete environment. Today will not be serious, however, because this is our Christmas I, special. I can't, believe, <laughs> I can't believe you can say that with a straight face, wearing that hat. <laughs> what is the name? This, is, this is professional. Uh, this is Christmas attire. It's Christmas time and we're going to tell you a little bit about gardening at Christmas, what to do. What, there's not a lot to do, but we can talk about all the different things around Christmas. And, and Paul is like a little boy who's been brought up uh, from Carlo to see the lights in the big city for the first time ever. He wants to sit on Sorry. Santa's lap. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I've been to Stevens Green for the first time ever at Christmas and it's magical. They have baubles the size of trampolines and it's just great crack. Whereas I'm a Grinch. Yep, he absolutely hates it. This morning, he, I was, we were coming in here and he was going, oh, do we have to do a video? It's Christmas time. It's terrible. He hates Christmas. Uh, I love Christmas. It's great. This is Dirt. Dirt with Dermot Gavin and Paul Smith. A Go Loud original. We love, well, I love Christmas. I, uh, when you get to this age, it's a matter of survival, Paul, uh, to get to another Christmas. <laughs> do I love Christmas? Yes, I do. I like the fact that everybody's jolly, things tend to stop, you're not expected to do much, and it coincides with the end of the year. Yeah, and at a time of year when like we're gardeners, that's what we do, and it's really a crap time of year to do any gardening. Isn't it's it can be pretty miserable, pretty yeah. stormy, pretty cold, pretty wet out there. So to be officially allowed to be inside and just everybody's relaxed is is good. Well, mind you, people aren't relaxed at Christmas. No, it's really stressful and running around, but it is kind of magical. I mean, yeah, you can. You were a bit of a Grinch this morning coming in here. You were complaining about just about oh, everything there was to complain about. <laughs> You are. <laughs> it's uh, just they were letting us in the studio with cameras and all, and we've never been here, and we didn't. You were meant to get in touch with me yesterday, and we were meant to do a day of prep and we to organise it this morning. Um, we're here now, <laughs> but, <laughs> and it's well, Christmas. <laughs> we're here now by a roaring fire, and uh, and uh, yeah, yeah, we're really getting into the Christmas tree in front of the fire. The, the Christmas tree is, is really what you should do at home, actually. No, uh, yes. Top tip today, number one. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Even though it's fake. Uh, 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 it looks good. What was So you do love Christmas? Yeah. yeah what do you love? Oh, God, you, the, the uh, little smile. It's that. just everything. It's the magic. It's the fact that everything stops. It's the holidays. It's meeting people. It's a Christmas last year was a bit rubbish. So you've always loved Christmas, have you? Uh, yeah. Yeah, because I haven't grown up yet and I'm still 12 in my head. And I think you don't intend to. No, no. Uh, Santa Claus is still, I think he's still coming. I mean, I haven't really uh, asked, but yeah, it's just, it's great. It's a brilliant time of year. Uh, what's not to love? Do you know what Santa brought me last year? Was it? Oh, I do know. There were two of them. Yeah. <laughs> two, uh, two chickens. <laughs> two black crows. <laughs> he sent his helper with them. Um well, yeah, I may have last year decided to get you 
So quite unusual to get somebody living. Gift. I told you what I wanted. I wanted some of those fancy show chickens, hens. and I got fancy you chickens. old English game chickens. Which they are, are so not fancy. They look like quite strong crows, and they're a little bit scary. And and they've it? no, they're scared. They're not scared. They do look a bit scary and intimidating, like black vultures. Yeah, but yeah. they're scared. You you walk in the enclosure uh, around their coop. Most importantly, they're freeloaders, and you've been feeding them chicken pellets for, for the whole year. year, and you haven't got one single egg, and which just fills my heart with joy. <laughs> the leftovers from the kitchen and uh, whatever, and they've produced nothing. Well, you have to be careful what you get for Christmas. So what, what are you was, this year? <laughs> yeah, yeah, God only knows. What was Christmas like growing up in Carlo? Uh, Christmas was always family round. We always had lots of people there. And yeah, just a nice day. Religious? Uh, not particularly. In the morning. But that's generally... What you have to do in the morning? You have to go and sit on your knees for two hours. Uh, what do you have to do? <laughs> well, we never, we used to go to, uh, when I was a kid, to Midnight Mass, with, and it was always... Wasn't that the one that they banned because everyone was pissed at? Yeah, they were uh, uh, pissed. They were, because there was a pub across the road. It was in Ratfarnham, which is just in the south side of Dublin. There was a pub called the Yellow House, and everybody would fall in from the Yellow House, so they wouldn't have to go to Mass the following day. And it used to start at midnight or at half past 11 and whatever. And you can imagine the raucous sounds from the back of the church. But that remained, for as long as we lived in, I, uh, as soon as I could get away from Mass, I did. But it remained a family tradition and people went out up until the time, I suppose my mom sold the house a couple of years ago. And now it's just about people coming around for dinner. For a few years, we were at the stage where it was all about little kids. Not about little kids anymore. Uh, but it's about cooking a big dinner and then... Cool. snoozing it off in front of the fire, in front of the telly. Yeah, we finally, there's finally a new generation of kids in our family this year for the first time in ages. So all of a sudden it all starts again. Because for a while it was, you know, adult Christmas is a little bit less magic. But when there's kids around again, it becomes a little bit more. Free. So you love, uh, you love the build up to it, the day itself, or the... The build up to it, the magic, the lights, all of the sparkle, the glitter, the glam, all of that. The day itself can be a bit of a damn squib because it's so it's always exciting. quite boring. And then you're like, God, there's nothing to do. You can't go anywhere. Everything is closed. You can hardly get batteries in a petrol station. Um, you know, it's just not as magic as... It. Well, it, it's great because everything stops and what you can't you need go batteries anywhere. for? Lots of things. Like uh, what? Ask any child on Christmas morning what you need batteries for. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and do so, you do a lot of preparation for Christmas? Yeah, shopping and all that. No, nothing major. I mean, yeah, but you have to get yourself ready. You have to decorate the house. You have to bring in boughs of holly. You have to do all of that. There's a holly tree at the front of the house that every year used to get trimmed and then that would come in. That was kind of, we're talking about traditions. What did you do as family traditions? And that was always chopping down the holly at the front of the house and bringing that in. And so bringing sprigs of holly. Yeah, we used to dump it all out on the street because the house is just on a, in the middle of a village and then everyone would come and take whatever holly they wanted. Oh, very good. So, yeah. Oh, right. Uh, that was one thing. And we were, oh, what traditions? We always have a tradition of fighting Christmas Day. I think every family Against goes. poker. Oh, but right. Poker is banned in our house at Christmas time uh, because of previous Fights. interventions. <laughs> okay. Who was the dirtiest <laughs> poker player? One of my cousins, and it was actually him and his dad, and I think they were just having it out, a bit of a, you know. So this was the yeah, excuse exactly. every year. Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. You said you had an uncle who used to. Um, oh, uh, my uncle Brian used to come um, 
every year for Christmas. My Uncle Brian and my Auntie Connie. Auntie Connie was really a kind of step-granny figure and Uncle Brian and her lived together. They didn't get on, but they lived together. And Auntie Connie... They were married? No, 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 no. She, uh, she would have married his dad after his mother died. That's complicated. It's an Irish bloody family, isn't it? Nice. So, um, but she was a real royalist. Ooh. You know, from Matt Brown in, in Dublin City Centre. But she loved the Queen. She loved the royal family. But he was a real Republican, so he would drape the television just before the Queen's speech. Everything had to stop for the Queen's speech if Connie was there. He draped the telly in bog roll, in loo roll. <laughs> and she'd get so annoyed and so angry. But so ridiculous, isn't it, watching the Queen's speech? Which Queen's speech do you watch? Beyonce. <laughs> and how does Beyonce's speech go? Uh, there's always a lot more music and a lot more of this. Uh, I'm going to keep doing this over the course. Of there's a lot of twerking in Beyonce. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's far better than listening to anyone else. Th that's not something we do. There's always movies and stuff like that on. And Favourite Christmas movie? Home Alone. Home Alone, Home Alone. Yeah, yeah. I can I can see that. They've remade that this is year. Have they? Yeah. It's always a bit disappointing when they remake those classics. Yeah. Because the first two were brilliant and then they sort of started to get a little bit um, off the... Yeah, you, you only really need the first one, don't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. Macaulay uh, uh, Culkin. Uh, and favourite Christmas song? Uh, Mariah Carey's a bit too predictable. Uh, the Santa's a Scotsman, which I played How does that go? <laughs> Well, it talks about how Santa really should be Scottish because he only works one day a year. He stuffs himself with mince pies and uh, he's a little bit on the chubby side because <laughs> he has too many of them. <laughs> this is Dirt with Darwin and Paul. Dirt, a Go Loud original. This is Talking Christmas Bollocks with Darwin and Paul. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> You're a garden designer. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. As a designer, yeah. do you feel you were quite tasteful in your approach to everything that you do? And oh, no, I work? think which... Uh, do you mean... Generally, regard, yeah. and Tasteful? Yeah. No. Yeah. No, no. Taste goes no. out the window too. Yeah. Um, Lots of other people can do taste, but I like to do excitement, you know, and whatever. I think okay. as you get a bit older, you tend to become a little bit more tasteful and how plants work with each other and color-wise and everything like that. But it isn't a particular interest of mine... However, Christmas isn't about taste, it's about camp. It's about tack and, and tack. it's about glitter and jingle bells and it's about tinsel, which there is, oh, there is some tinsel. We couldn't get any tinsel earlier because tinsel is now considered a bit... When I was growing up, tinsel used to be a huge thing and everything was tinseled uh, to within an inch of its life. But it's not so big anymore, a bit of uh, tinsel on that. But that looks like a professionally decorated tree, doesn't it? It's a little bit too tasteful for my liking. Yeah, it's quite corporate. You see, if it was in my house now, it'd have blue flashing lights. Blue? Ooh, yeah. Because taste and colour schemes and all of that. Yeah, but blue lights aren't a bit taste. They're just a bit cold and icicle and frozen and... Uh, Are they just too tacky for you? Are they going beyond the... That they're not... They're just... They don't work, do they? They can work. I mean, with the red, no. But uh, blue lights on their own on a tree. Uh, my house in the porch, I always have a nice blue Christmas tree. Because it's always cold in there anyhow. So, uh, <laughs> Blue uh, lights at Christmas. But Christmas is all about red, isn't it? Wasn't it Coca-Cola who introduced this idea of red? Into so nothing to do with anything else apart from... Them. I don't think it is anything to do with anything else. I think they... Uh, St. Nicholas, they dressed him up in red and white. 
because their bottle looked red and white. Wow. I suppose the only thing in nature, apart from all the plants we have around us, are, is holly. Holly. That's a plant that's Berries. already red without anyone trying, doing anything with it. A lot of these things are kind of messed with. And holly was one of these plants that, of course, exists. It's a native Irish tree. It exists uh, way before Christmas tra- traditions. But as with a lot of these things, Christianity came in, grabbed whatever it wanted and uh, used as a symbol, a piece of decoration. I think people bring it in, used to bring it into the house because it kind of shortens the winter. You still have that colour. It lasts a long time uh, and it looks nice and bright. Yeah. Uh, sure, <laughs> we'll go with that one. <laughs> uh, what, what else were we meant to... Uh, we weren't meant to go on to that, which is why I'm okay. pulling yeah. you back from that yeah, a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Uh, but this was all about... You haven't asked me about my favourite song. My, You haven't asked me what I want for Christmas. You haven't asked me about my favourite movie, my favourite Christmas What movie. would you like for Christmas? What would I like for, <laughs> for Christmas from from Santa? Yes. Oh, what would I like? I'd like gym membership or a personal trainer. It's a bit much. I'd <laughs> like... Um, I'd buy a gym. But uh, no, I got my dry robe. That was a big thing last year, and I ended up with two of them. So I would quite like a restocked chicken coop with productive chickens. Chickens aren't meant to be productive. It's all about the aesthetics. Um, you, you're looking for pets with benefits here. You want <laughs> your chickens to not only give you the look, you want eggs and all that. No, you either have a chicken that looks good or not so good, or you have a chicken that... Like yours. Do the fancy ones not produce eggs? They're much less productive than... They're not designed to be productive. Well, there's only a few of us. We don't, I don't need them to be massively productive. I just want the garden to be a happy place and to look good. Oh, so and I want uh, good content for Instagram. That's what I want for Christmas. So you want a fluffy chicken that will only lay two eggs a year. Although you haven't had an egg at all from this one. So Yeah, yeah. Ar- Arlene from two years back is still producing, <laughs> but um, she's the only one. Actually, she's not producing. She hasn't produced in about six weeks. Oh, that's not great. So uh, they do that in wintertime anyhow. Wintertime is always a bit lax for all of that. It's a quite a kind of stark period. There's not much light. There's not much growing. There's very little in terms of produce. It's quite a lot if you veg garden. Do you know, do you know what I really love? about this time of the year? The light? No. The lack of light? No. It's the fact that we get to December the 21st. And what happens from December the 21st? The days start lengthening. Oh, yeah. By about, is it 20 minutes a day or something? Something like that. Insignificant, nearly at the not, beginning. Well, 20 minutes is very significant. You I mean a bit? quite that. Yeah, yeah a couple a of minutes less, every yeah. day. Yeah. <laughs> but that's that's really great. I hate getting to midsummer because the days get shorter. You know, even if, you know, you, you don't you, notice it until September. Only, yeah. Ex- yeah. Exactly. Uh, but midwinter is a real time of hope. Uh, the winter equinox is a real time of hope for me. And it sends signals to all the plants and things start to get growing again. Things like, Snowdrops begin to push up. (laughs) 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 You've made my Christmas. (laughs) But it's true, isn't it? Uh, You know there's snowdrops at flower Christmas time. Are there? Yeah, yeah. I know there's Christmas roses. There's that one Bengal crimson rose that does flower a little bit at Christmas time. And I was looking at my one this week and it has a flower bud. No, but I'm talking about hellebores. No, no, no. There's an actual rose that you can get flowering on Christmas There's plenty of roses flowering on Christmas Day. Well, this is one that nearly reliably does. It's kind of, you can have a rose on Christmas Day, but it's kind of, if you haven't pruned them and a bit of good luck with the weather and that, it's not something that happens as a matter of course. It's just the odd year every four or five years. 
if we don't have a very cold Christmas, you can get a couple of flowers. And the other thing about our gardens is we smother our gardens. I put up 3,000 lights yesterday. Really? Just in one part of the garden. And you say that you're tasteful. Oh, no, you didn't say you're tasteful. I didn't say I'm tasteful. No, no, Christmas isn't about taste. Uh, uh, but it is about cheerfulness and, and whatever. You can see our house from space. Yeah, I like those ones. There's one that I pass on the way back when I come down from Dublin to Carlow, just off the motorway. And like that, when you drive past, you can't miss it when it gets dark. And there's usually cars parking there to take photographs because it is a garden. It's about a big acre garden, you know, around a small house. And it is covered from top to bottom in lights. And then the whole street, you know, it's a couple of houses along a country lane. And like, you know, keeping up with the Joneses, even in the suburbs or even in the countryside, they do that. Where they're like, oh, we have to cover a couple of lights. So the next house has some lights and the next house has some lights. And It all has bright. become very competitive, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's this thing. That, isn't there even a movie about it, you know, where uh, two neighbours really go at each other? And yeah, there's an American movie, isn't there, uh, where they yeah, do that. Yeah. But it's now becoming a thing in the countryside and in the cities here. People just go for it with the lights. And there's been a funny one this week somewhere in the States that somebody has done their house extraordinarily well, just really beautiful. And next door, they've just done a sign in lights saying ditto with an arrow pointing the next door. <laughs> That's what I do on my one. <laughs> I know, it's a, a, a little bit easier. Um, what about Christmas trees? Have you seen the Christmas tree that's been brought to Trafalgar Square this year? Yeah. There was so there's a, a tradition bit. ever since the war, the Norwegians or somebody in Norway, a king or somebody aristocratic, sends England, London, Britain, a Christmas tree every single year to say thank you for being so good to us during the Second World War or whatever. But this year... The goodwill is fading rapidly. <laughs> well, you know, Britain has been having a hard time because of Brexit, because of Boris, because of all sorts of different things. They're out on their own now. But Norway isn't usually involved in that because not a member of the EU, but they have sent... A very, very scraggy looking tree. <laughs> it's terrible. I saw photos of it. You sent it to me. It really is a little bit kind of, they're not liking them this year, but it's funny. Um, do you have a tradition that goes around Christmas trees then? Do you go out and pick one or was that when... Oh, uh, yeah, we do. We go younger. with another, you know, Keelan, who I go swimming with, uh, the two families, we go and we chop down a Christmas tree and bring it home and uh, put them up and we do the whole hot chocolate thing and it's great fun. We bring the dogs. So it's out in the country, deep into a woods, meant to do it this Saturday. But Aileen, Keelan's wife, isn't the most organized. She cannot be kept to a timetable. So when she was, like me. we were due <laughs> to meet at noon, no, 11. 11. And by half three, when she was still doing it, we just went and bought one in the local car park. You didn't go up to the woods in the dark with candles and a chainsaw? No, we, we <laughs> didn't. No, it was getting towards that. And the WhatsApp uh, apps message between the two families were getting more and more passive-aggressive as the day went on. <laughs> <laughs> so yesterday we went on Sunday morning, therefore we went for a very um, uh, nice breakfast together to get over uh, <laughs> to get over all that. So you have but, a real tree, it's not a fake tree. Real well, we always fake, have a real tree. Always real. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I quite like, kind, kind of look jealously at those fake trees that have lights included because I spent then Saturday afternoon, Saturday evening putting up the car park boat tree uh, and didn't go through those, all those lights and then the, it's a job that I really don't like. Do you remember uh, back in the day uh, when we were all very young 
and Christmas lights weren't as good as they are now. And they used to be the little like lights that you have that used to be on, you know, Edison bulbs, whatever you call them. And one bulb would stop the, the whole, whole tree. tree. So when we were very And your small, dad would always blow a gasket. And he was decided one year when we were all, I myself and my brothers, there's only four or five years between us all. So we were all very young. And my dad decided, oh, this is a great thing to do with my little boys. I'm going to show them how to repair the Christmas tree lights. Because they'll need to notice for the rest of their life. Little did he know that LED lights would come in and they would make it all irrelevant. But he had us sat down around the Christmas tree with his series lights. And he was going with a nine volt battery and testing every single bulb. Because you had to test Thanks. every single bulb to see which bulb was gone, found the bulb that was blown, put it back in, it lit up, we went, yay, and it was all was well. And then when he was finished, he got the bulb that had blown and he threw it into the open fire and it went pop. And we all went, looked at each other and went, ooh, cool. So dad left the room. <laughs> <And> myself <laughs> and my two little brothers then went, great. So we took off every light off the Christmas oh, tree. Oh no. And shook them into the fire and let them go pop. So the whole way up, as far as we could reach, we were only about seven or eight. I was the oldest and they were all younger. As far as we could reach, we stripped the tree of all the bulbs, let them blow and he came back in and he blew his gasket then. And for the next five years, the Christmas tree wasn't allowed in that room. It had to go out in the hallway where it was cold and there was no fire. Oh, I know. <laughs> and parents really, they invest so much in creating the perfect Christmas. Yeah, yeah. They? And the little brats room. I was a devil for finding the Christmas presents before, um, before Christmas Day. They were always up in the attic so when the parents went out, I would go and find but there was once it was a swing ball do you remember swing balls I mean oh, yeah. the most useless game that has ever invented but <laughs> I found it and he knew I'd found it uh, but there was like the Spanish Inquisition before uh, and Christmas was ruined before that have you always enjoyed every Christmas day or were the, or were the rows when you were a little kid because uh, it all got too much yeah they were all there was never ones that were so tense that everyone had to leave there was always an eventful one or two things that happened, like the time that we decided to water my granddad when we were leaving Christmas night and all these different things. But you just, <laughs> Sorry, you decided to water your granddad? Yes. <laughs> he was elderly, old, 85-year-old man sitting in the car, ready to go home. Very, very grumpy, always was. We were always terrified of him. And it was very cold Christmas Eve night. We were leaving our cousins. Car was frosted up. He sat in the car an hour beforehand because he was ready to go home. <laughs> <laughs> and when it was time to go, my uncle went around defrosting the windows and my granddad <laughs> had his window open and he got a bucket of hot water on him. <laughs> and it was another two hours before he got home because he had to get brought in and changed. And if he was and grumpy before that. He was so he was grumpy on the way home. It was an hour journey and we had to listen to that. <laughs> this is Talking Christmas with Dermot and Paul. Dirt, a Go Loud original. I was listening to a podcast or watching some program as I was putting up the tree the other day and they were talking about royal Christmases and of course royal families often are tastemakers in, in a way. They start traditions people love to follow, especially in the past. They love to follow what uh, the aristocracy or the kings and queens are doing. But one of the things, so the British royal family, they all gather in Sandringham, which is an estate in Norfolk. I think the queen's private estate in Norfolk. And they, they gather there and they eat and drink and eat and drink and be merry and everything like that. And I think on Christmas Day, they change their clothes five times or something like that before they, when they get up, That's before they go extra. to church. It's, it's all very <laughs> extra. But one tradition they have is so extra, it's quite unbelievable. When guests arrive from the royal family, arrive at Sandringham, mm. 
they're weighed, they're put on a weighing scale. Mm. And when they leave, they're weighed. <laughs> Is that and to this, see if they take any jewellery around the house? No, it the, it's... Well, some families might need that. <laughs> it's the oddest tradition to make sure they've had a good time. So they've put on weight with the amount of food they've eaten. What if they haven't? Are they banished to some dungeon and I mean, more? How crazy is that? <laughs> and this goes on to this day. Seemingly it's in that movie with uh, about Diana, with Kirsten, whatever her name is. But um, um, how does that? Are you weighed? Uh, no, not not at Christmas time. <laughs> <laughs> not unless it's time to go for <laughs> but, cooling. You know, w- one of the traditions they certainly brought wasn't Queen Victoria's husband was German. Yeah. Oh, the the, the other, whole royal family is German, isn't it? The, the, the royal family is German. Well, it's it's, it's yeah, well, such a weird institution, yeah. isn't it? But yeah, they're German and they're related to every other royal family um, in Europe or something like that. But because she married her cousin, obviously, who was German, he brought German traditions. And one of those German traditions was the Christmas tree. Yes, yeah. But I think it was probably an ancient kind of old tradition in Germany back again. to which, Egypt, I think, Christmas trees. Yeah, I think they go back all that way. Did they have Christmas in ancient Egypt? Or did they just bring trees? They brought the, trees into the house in what was into their the pyramid. pagan time. Well, how do you bring a tree into a pyramid? I don't know. Quite easily, actually. Well, maybe that's the where they got shape. the idea of yeah, pyramids. Yeah, uh, maybe Christmas they tree. didn't have pyramids and then they said, oh, there's a good idea for a shape of house. <laughs> so, go on, tell me about the history of the Christmas tree. Uh, well, they were Egyptians, brought them into their whatever they were back thousands and thousands of years ago and they decorated them with coloured various bits of, I suppose, whatever was colourful that wasn't green. Um, they brought them in. It went on for years and years. I don't know how it ended up as a European tradition, but I suppose these things travel through trade and different things. Well, I suppose it's nice, isn't it? It's bringing nature indoors. And back then, you know, you hadn't got television, you hadn't got movies, you hadn't got uh, whatever. So anything. (laughs) So uh, at this, uh, making something decorative from the wonderful freshness of nature, bring it in. And I think originally they used to have, wasn't it Martin Luther, uh, the head of the, the originator of the Lutheran church, I think, he started this notion of putting candles on Christmas trees. I mean, wax candles on Christmas Actually trees. Actually lighting them. Yeah, to give them. Which uh, thankfully doesn't happen anymore because many an accident was caused by that. Putting a, a lit candle on a piece of wood inside that it, where everything is drying out. Uh, but that's where the idea of lights came from. Lights and I guess then from that decorations because they sparkle in the light and uh, we've just progressed with that. And it is yeah. amazing how traditions like that become popular because it was one picture in the Illustrated London News or something like that of Queen Victoria, the hubby and the kids around an engraving of uh, of them around, uh, gathered around the Christmas tree that really made it a very popular tradition in these islands. Mad. And now we all, every single house you drive past, you know, any housing... Yeah, and it's an absurd thing to do and we get them, you know, by the container load from China or they're grown here. There's uh, a whole industry around it. Huge industry. There's a debate as to how sustainable it is growing a crop of trees to then cut them down after eight, seven or eight years to then grow them again. In some ways that's quite good because, you know, we're putting trapping carbon by putting them into trees, but then we're leaving them, rotting them in the, you know, compost or whatever afterwards. And, you know, we're using that space that we could be using to grow food. So your so favourite one, taking that into account, would it be having an artificial one or a real one? A real one all the time. Well, actually, my favourite one is having a... Can we do this? You can do that. Yeah. Well, 
Oh, you've brought your own Christmas tree with oh, you. Oh, I've ruined everything now. But I've brought. There you go. Is that your? That's a real-life Christmas tree that you can actually have in a pot, and that will be there. Put that back. That'll be there for a couple of years. So that'll be there next year too. So it's a so pine. It's a pine. Uh, is it a Piscia? Yeah, it's a named variety called something. Let me find the name on it. It's it's really perfect shape and really compact. So yeah. if you lived in an apartment or you wanted a small Christmas tree for one of your kids' rooms or something like that, that would be perfect. Now, it won't like being inside, would it? No. Uh, so it's Piscia Super Green is the variety. And it is just one of these named varieties that will grow into quite a nice little Christmas tree. And yeah, it will become a tree in time, but it doesn't like being inside, but it doesn't mind being inside for a short period of time. So you can bring it in for that month, the month or six of December, weeks. In, yeah. In, yeah. in December, you can decorate it, you can put lights on it. You can even cover it in fake snow if you want to. It doesn't particularly like it. Like again, it, but it, it won't. You know, the uh, Pisces are, are, are strong. Yeah. Um, they'll they, they really suffer anything, won't they? Important that you wouldn't let it dry out because it's going to be in a room which that's going to be very, very warm with probably fireplaces, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, so make sure lots and lots of water. Try keep it near a window so it's actually going to keep cool, particularly in the nighttime, because while it will do in a warm room, the cooler the room, the better for it. If you've got a cool porch or something like that, great, because it will really enjoy that. doesn't like being inside. They come from Norway. They come from places that goes down to minus 20 degrees at Christmas time, so they don't need to be inside at all. But I love these because, number one, you get them, they're a little more expensive than normal Christmas trees, but you can keep it for five, six, seven years. And every year it'll put on a small bit of growth. Next uh, summer, all these ends will extend a little bit, put a bit of growth on. You can really forget about it in the summertime. Last year, I had one, left it out on the patio and kind of just neglected it. And occasionally when it drooped, because it will droop if it doesn't get enough water, I gave it a bucket or two of water, perked back up, and now it's going to come back into the house probably this week. So, yeah. And it's keep them alive. not only live Christmas trees that... Uh, uh, I mean, ones that are still growing, potted Christmas trees that like the water, your own Christmas tree that's been cut down yeah. and purchased. The secret to keeping it going is it's almost like a cut flower you if you put keep it in. watering it. Keep it watering. Yeah. So whenever you accept it, when it's cut down, if you put it in a stand, put the whole thing in water if you can. But, you know, that becomes a little bit dicey because you have electricity with all the lights and everything like that. So just be very, very careful. But the secret to keeping your tree going is... Is keeping it watered. And yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it does, it goes back to this whole, as you say, it's a pagan tradition having Christmas trees in the house and greenery because greenery kind of meant eternal life. And it's great having a bit of life in the house at Christmas time. So yeah, there's my Christmas tree for this year. You've um, brought in a, an incredibly tasteful looking reed. I'm in two minds about this one, I have ooh. to say. It is extraordinarily beautiful, but maybe. Is it too tasteful. Yeah, I think you'd agree with me that it's a bit too tasteful. It is, and it's also not very Christmassy. It's not Christmassy. At, I mean, I, I guess, again, if you're it trying to be, be really posh and trying to show off your artistic abilities and um, how um, classy you are, I can see why people would regard this as something beautiful. So rose hips, dyed eucalyptus, old bracken. Um, Lots of heather. Heather. Yeah, um, header is the base, green and eucalyptus. Pheasants. Pheasant feathers and a bit of ribbon. Yeah, it came from a friend of mine down in Tipperary, has a company, an Irish company, flower, floristry company called the Flower Fairy. 
So they grow Irish cut flowers. And do they do tacky ones as well as I think beautiful? It's, Emma mainly does tasteful ones. But uh, wreaths, are, wreaths are a funny one. So do you have a wreath on your front door? Well, I w- uh, well this will be on my front door. Well, do you know wreaths are actually status symbols. Sorry, let's go back to so, that. Let's, okay. This will be on my front door. Fine. Um, after you get it from me. Uh, <laughs> what, do we have to wrestle? Yeah, so wreaths are actually a status symbol. So the Romans used wreaths as status symbols. So they would put them on the door. And if you had a wreath on your door, you were someone who was worth talking about. So do you have one on your door? Well, they... No, no <laughs> Answer the question. <laughs> no, no, but we, you know, we've been looking at them. We've been looking at all sorts of ones over the past weekend. Uh, and generally they've been awful. Uh, I mean, this goes the other way, just too beautiful. But it is important because we have everybody coming for Christmas dinner. We've got 20 for Christmas dinner in our house this year. So you have to have something for all the old bears to talk Admire about as they go, go in. Ooh, where did he get that one? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. and this one, it's yeah. unusual because number one, this is all apart. It's all Irish grown, actually. The eucalyptus was all grown in Ireland. The header is all taken from, uh, there's a bit of bog on the farm that Emma grows on, and all the eucalyptus is grown. The bracken is all wild forage. The rose hips, I think you might buy them, but again, they will grow in the native hedgerows around here. So it's a native Irish one. It can be around all seasons, so it's not just for one season. It's a uh, couple it's of It's beautiful, it's robust, and it's certainly going to yeah. be a talking point, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and you can do lots of things. You can put holly, and you can put ivy, and you can put ivy berries, and you can put... I think I have over here, you can buy Ilex berries, kind of pre-made ones uh, that are good to go. We were going to try and make a wreath on this, but I think it's a bit messy. Um, but you can make them yourself. Uh, we're not particularly good at making them, we've discovered. So sometimes it's better to get them from it's, elsewhere. It's better to buy them. Now, also, it's an industry for somebody, so it's supporting isn't yeah, it? yeah. Uh, um, local industry. Someone who's good and at that. it's a big thing, you know, in recent years that people have gone to classes to learn how to make their own. Yeah. And that's a lovely... It's quite know, a nice thing to do and you get a glass yeah. of mulled wine or whatever and yeah. a mince pie and it's, yeah, it's a nice little tradition. So what other kind of gardening or plant traditions are there when it comes to decorating your houses? Uh, well, you've got probably the most... The Ponsetti. Popular one beside yeah. you, yeah. Yeah, so everybody is familiar with this Everybody one loves these at Christmas time. Do you think everybody loves them or do you think they're we part just of have the them? kind of they're furniture? Part of... Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, they're not something that we ever had in our house, really. wasn't something that we would go out to buy. But do you have them now? No, no, no. It's never never really cottoned on there. So it's Ponsetia. It is a, this particular one is a Mexican uh, plant and it's in the Euphorbia family. And the Euphorbia family is an absolutely massive family of birds. family. They're the yeah. ones in the garden when you get, if you break, the milky sap comes out of spurges and all of those things. It's probably the biggest group of plants on the planet nearly. Yeah, uh, you can even get amazing cacti yeah, that are euphorbias. Yeah, so cool. it's, it's uh, all of that. And what it's known for, as I say, it comes from Mexico, had all sorts of traditions with the ancient Aztecs. It was grown there uh, and used as a dye, which you can understand for that as a red red dye, but also they'd make up potions which would be used to treat fevers. And then some American ambassador went over and he uh, had the idea of bringing it back to America. It, when Mexico was conquered by the Spanish, it became part of a Christian tradition and did uh, have some, um, you know, Christian associations with the blood of Christ and uh, it is all that of that. traditional red. And yeah. it's, uh, although they're not flowers, which is kind of an interesting. There's one there that's kind of half turning, and it shows you that it's actually just a leaf that greens up. So it's a bract or a leaf. 
kind of unusually. It's a leaf that starts to turn red. Uh, so the flower itself is kind of nothing, but it's a bract, yeah, which a lot of plants are that are about And amazingly, this one was grown in Ireland. Um, yeah. There are still nurseries growing these, even though they're a very rare, uh, are hard to grow Mexican plant. They are, uh, and most of our kind of nursery production under glass that needs heat has absolutely disappeared, but there's still a few families There's these. industries in particularly North County Dublin and other parts of Ireland. Uh, bedding plant producers tend to produce these because they're kind of a winter crop for them. They're a winter crop, but they're quite they're, difficult because they yeah, react they need, to the amount of light that they get. Yeah, they're, I think, daylight sensitive or day sensitive plants, so they need quite a lot of darkness uh, to trigger them into turning that colour. So uh, I can't think of the there's phyto... They're basically they're light-sensitive plants, and if they get too much light, they won't flower, or they won't turn red, which is what everyone obviously wants them to do. So you can keep them alive. They're hard things to keep alive, and if you do keep one alive, fair play, because they're not the easiest. They're thing. not the easiest, and even when yeah. you buy them, and a lot of people will buy these in the supermarket, and they'll mm. want, you know, a really great display for the whole table or something like that. But that journey from the supermarket checkout to your car, if it's cold... They'll really react to that. Yeah, they they're very, up. very, very fussy. They're but, very fussy. Uh, they are one of the modern ones, as are these guys that are kind of surrounding but, uh, uh, Just before, do you like Ponsettia? No. 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 You really dislike them, do you? I Yeah, if there was one thing that I'd chuck out from the Christmas decoration, it would be the Ponsettia. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Sorry. But you're going to show me the cyclamen, which I think you do like in any form. I prefer them in their kind of wilder forms, their pinks and their whites and whatever. But the Christmas forms, um, the reds and the really dark pinks and those, these are non-hardy cyclamen persicum, which are bedding cyclamen that you get in the garden centres. Do you like them? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think anything that makes a house look jolly. I quite like the Ponsettias for that too. And the fact that, you know, this association, look at a Christmas card, it'll be Ponsetti on it. Look at the television, you'll see Ponsetti. So it's playing the game. Yeah, yeah. And this one, I mean, it's the classic. It's dark green, it's bright red flowers. Uh, you can get them in whites and pinks and all sorts of different colours as well. But they're great for a pot by the door. Again, like you say, when your neighbours or your friends are calling, everyone is judgmental. The first thing you do when you call to your neighbour's house is, well... First thing I do is, you know, check out what the garden's looking like or what's the pop by the front door. No, your hydrangea always needs a water and all that kind of thing. So it's great to have something like that. You get them in the garden centre. They're a couple of quid each. You chuck them in and they look good for a few weeks. And if they don't survive, what have you, they can if you keep them well watered and keep them in a kind of sheltered spot. They will actually bloom again next year. So And these type of things people. are always so handy for presents because yeah. if you can't think of what to buy somebody, everybody loves to get Food a gift or something. You've in, got a really good one there. Lots of yeah. there. So yeah, yeah, it's a great one. What about giving plants as presents? Is that something or... Uh, yeah, I like to give trees as presents. Good, so do I. Uh, yeah, I, I think they're lovely even though at this time of the year they don't look much. And if I'm giving a tree as a present, I will use usually planted for the person too Ooh. because it's marking are you uh, going to plant mine no. <laughs> I haven't got you a present oh no I'm still getting over the bad present from well no you US. have because somebody let slip what you got me for Christmas what uh, the I don't know you had someone on work placement Keen and he let slip nearly let slip what yeah, he got you or what you got me but he wouldn't get the cat out of the bag totally well, you see, I don't know whether he has or not, because I don't know whether to trust you or, or him. him. <laughs> uh, so, uh, no, I haven't got you a tree for Christmas, but uh, I do indeed have um, part of a tree for you. <laughs> this is dirt with Dermot and Paul. Dirt with Dermot Gavin and Paul Smith, a Go Loud original. Go 
the other plant, I was in the garden centre uh, just yesterday morning, so that was two weeks before Christmas, and the place was crammed with bulbs that were about to flower. And there's one bulb in particular that is so associated with, with, with Christmas, and that's hyacinths or things like paper whites. So paper white daffodils. Daffodils, yeah. 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 Um, yeah, they're both, they're really great because what they do is, yeah, you have a bulb and they grow and whatever, but the flower when they flower, the scent is what you really grow. And it's a real Christmas morning thing. It's a real, you know, it's hall table thing. too much. It's heady. It's a bit sickening. It's kind of like your granny's house yeah. sort of, you know, it's not really something you want on the kitchen table, yeah. but wow, does it What's really... What's the granny version of Old Spice? Yeah, yeah. Uh, brute. Lavender. Lavender, yeah. Does your granny wear brute? No. <laughs> But it is. <laughs> is she hairy? Only... <laughs> Has she got those hairs coming out? Oh, yeah, she is. <laughs> I can see it. Has she ever been out of Carla? Did she come up to Dublin on the 6th of December Probably, every year yes. <laughs> to buy her turkey? <laughs> yeah. I can see it. Why would you uh, buy a turkey when you can grow one? <laughs> <laughs> And then you pluck it and you put it into your wreath. Um, does she look like uh, your woman from Mrs. Brown's Boys, your granny? Uh, well, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't everyone's granny look like the woman from Mrs. Brown? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, so what else? Forcing bulbs. Forcing bulbs. And that is a delightful gift. If you want to kind of work at something or make an arrangement, just get loads and put them in a shallow bowl and get some moss and put it on the top. And it'll only last a week or something like that. But for if you give it, you know, on Christmas Eve as a gift, it's utterly delightful. How often have you set Christmas decorations on fire? In your house? I don't know that I have done. Oh. No, but I'm not such... A pyromaniac. A pyromaniac. <laughs> uh, I think you quite like the... Well, it's not... It's just one year in particular there was an incident. No, you every... said everything on our garden conversations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're I always... Was, I, I'm fire ready. happy. If there's a lighter yeah. near me, I'll play with it. And whatever is in the vicinity will get seen. Yeah, no, when I was seven or eight, I was a sample. Yeah. <laughs> you just shouldn't have fire lighters near people like us. Um, so you haven't done anything kind of spectacular with Christmas? No, no I don't think I have. No. What have you done? Nothing. No, no, no. Just curious because often people have the, the odd like thing has went up on fire. You know, a bit of holly gets fire in your wreath or I've set the that type of thing. Putting on fire. Does that count? Yeah. And I loved in that. It's always a weird thing. I don't get it. Yeah, but it delights all the old ears around the table. I know, but everyone else is like, you're burning the alcohol away. <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> and it's that blue flame. Yeah, yeah, it's a pure flame. And it's that. a pure, and it's the one time you're allowed. But it's alcohol. <laughs> Burning it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, bulbs. Tell me what happens after Christmas, because one of the delights of Christmas for me is when you can get rid of everything, when you can take down the tree, when the decorations go, when you're into a new year. What do you do with these type of pot plants? Skip. Not skip, but chuck them. Chuck them. Compost yeah. heaping. Chuck them, yeah. Unless you're my neighbour, Carmel, who keeps all her Christmas decorations up until July because she likes Christmas so much. Does she really? <laughs> yeah, really does. She actually... <laughs> it's brilliant. And does she take them down in July? Sometimes. <laughs> and when would she start again? August. August. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. So, yeah, all these types... A lot of these things are kind of one-off, a little bit wasteful, but... 
Um, you can try. But something like that you could put in the garden, you know, under yeah, a tree. Yeah, and may come whatever. back. But, but the Ponsettia, chuck it. Yeah. On the compost heap. Certain from new next year. Certain from new and support the, you know, the industry that grows them and prepares them for uh, for us. <laughs> I don't know if we're allowed jingles, but we don't need them for this episode because I've got my own. <laughs> yeah, and I don't think there's any copyright because you've written that tune. Uh, I have, yeah. No issues. Not particularly. Let's put it on top of the release and be done with it. Uh, there we go. <laughs> yeah. The rate is even looking older. So, uh, 2021, coming to an end. What's it been like for gardening? It's been another whirlwind year for gardening in general. People, again, have taken this interest in gardening. There's been no supplies had. Garden centres have been wiped out in spring. It's been extraordinary. Lots of new gardeners. Uh, really, in terms of gardening, the last year, the last two years, have been extraordinarily positive. And not only extraordinarily positive as in people turning to gardening as a act of creativity or solace or whatever, with what we've all been going through, or people's eyes been opened to the fact that they have a garden because of COVID and we've kind of reduced the amount of places where we go, but also gardening in a more environmentally friendly way. Yeah, so there's a lot of kind of trends emerging from all that. So wildflower meadows and... Huge. Massive. Huge. They are the thing, you know, not cutting your grass, letting the grass go wild, rewilding the garden meadows, all of that kind of, just kind of gardening a little less, I suppose, stuck up. You're just letting the garden do its own thing, not being as worried about the garden. That's now in. Yeah, yeah. and is that going to feed into a movement or how has that come about and do you see it been sustained? I think it's it's come about for lots of things but you know the whole the climate debate COP21 happened this year Greta Thunberg has been really making shapes the last couple of years it's now become such a hot topic gardening sustainably living sustainably gardening is one of the things that we can easily do you know and change to do quite sustainably so I think it's going to continue and probably only become a bigger. And I've point. been kind of struck by stuff that you've said in the last six weeks, uh, as in this time of the year, let it all be. Yeah, yeah, you know. Because gardening is an industry and gardening media is an industry mm -hmm. and there's lots of people telling you to get out, lots of newspaper articles, lots of television, get out and do this, that and the other. But you have a theory... All just surface. forget about it, you know, leave it until... At this time of the year. Yeah, yeah, clear it off if you have a few snowdrops and bulbs. But apart from that, just forget about it. And, you know, we've had a busy year. It's been an exceptionally busy 2021. And it's great that, you know, we talk about gardening a lot, but we can relax now. We don't have to go out into our own gardens and uh, we can do a bit if we want to. And over Christmas, it's always nice to spend a few days once you've finally fed up of turkey and family and poker and all of those chocolates and things, just get out and kind of detox in the garden for a few hours. But... There's not a huge amount to do this time of year, so just enjoy. So don't worry about it and don't buy into that guilt that, you yeah. know, it's a moral thing to get out. It's a virtuous thing, getting out and gardening and having everything clean and tidy. Actually, just leaving things be can be the best thing to do. Yeah. Leaving things be in terms of our natural habitats has been a bit of an issue this year. And there were celebrations in some parts of the country when they stopped allowing bogs to be used to produce peat yeah. for the horticultural industry. Mm -hmm. But that's been reversed? 
Yeah, they're in the process of, I think, changing that to allow peat harvesting to happen for horticulture because the horticulture industry felt that they weren't ready for it and that was landed on top of them. And that's an ongoing debate. And, you know, there is the whole side you have to take is, look, they need something to replace it and they haven't got that product there yet. But they will have to face the fact that very soon peat won't be used in horticulture. And, you know, that plant that we had earlier probably is grown in a peat-based substance. Actually, um, all of these All plants. of these probably are, to be honest, yeah. Yeah, there's very few plants that aren't still grown in peat-based. And when the them. ban came in, we started importing from places like Latvia. Huge ships came into Dublin port with massive amounts of peat, so we just took it from other places. Yeah, we the moved industry. the problem elsewhere because the solution wasn't put in place for them to start using all the alternatives, which there are and which in time they will have to because nowhere will be allowed to use peat. And none of those alternatives are without their issues, but yeah. we do need those alternatives. But it's all about what that's the world progresses. The world keeps turning on and they'll change things. You know, 100 years ago, we didn't have plastic pots and now we have plastic pots, so plants are much more available. So it'll just happen that they'll stop growing with peat and in time they'll look back and they'll think, why were those dinosaurs using these bugs? Our, you know, we said this before, the bugs are our rainforest and we're using them to grow all these plants. It's a bit mad, but that'll be the thoughts of the people in 100 years. And the good thing about it is that people, the general gardening public are beginning to understand why we should garden environmentally, yeah. uh, which, why we should look after the bees, why we should take care of birds at this time of the year when you know, there might be a huge amount of food for them, why we should plant as many native trees as possible. Yeah, and garden garden with nature and garden sustainably and garden, as you say, as much with a view to native plants as possible, but not totally been bound to that either. Do you have any massive plans, any great uh, ideas? Are you excited for 2022 and what you'll do in the garden? Yeah, I'm, I'm always excited, you know, with the idea of a new year in the garden. There's lots of stuff about my own garden that I want to change. I'm coming into a funny period in my garden that is really beginning to mature. About seven or eight or nine years into proper growth of some of the bigger trees and shrubs. So looking at things again, I think, is important. Taking out some of the things that haven't worked, opening the house out to the garden a little bit more. I've wasted too much time not doing stuff. And also, we have a book coming out. Um, mm -hmm. Am I excited by that? I think I'm quite excited by that. Are you excited by that? Ask next May. Then you'll be excited by it. Yeah. It, comes out then. So, it yeah. comes out next May and we're just putting the finishing touches to that at the moment and we're about to see the cover of the book. So that's quite exciting. And I'm making plans for a very big garden at the Chelsea Flower Show in about 18 months. I'm doing a lot of work on that at the moment. We have a television series over in the US. So there's lots of stuff happening. So it's keeping busy, but really you can distill it down to the joy of a garden growing, can't you, in late May, early June. Can't wait to hear all about it next year on Dirt with Dermot and Paul. Dirt, a Go Loud original. Go out! Go out! So this is it. Happy <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> this is uh, the Dirt Christmas You're special. You're full of the We're... Christmas spirit. And spirits. Sherry, shaking your bells. Uh, this has been... Dirt, a Christmas gardening special with Dermot and Paul. We will be back in the spring. So if you're really intended to get hold of your garden next year, join us, subscribe, like, review, 
our podcast, which is called Dirt, called Dirt, and it's on the Go Loud app. Or wherever else you get your podcasts from. Yeah. And from next spring, we'll be talking you through how to create a garden, what to grow, where to grow, when to grow, right through the growing season. See you then, and happy Christmas. Happy Christmas. Dirt with Dermot Gavin and Paul Smith, a Go Loud original. Go